Good evening and welcome to Mountain Talk on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in downtown Whitesburg. I'm your host, Elizabeth Sanders, and I'm here with the cast of Betsy and the director of Betsy, which is a musical collaboration that's been happening between Roadside Theater and Pregones and the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater out of the Bronx. And the collaboration's been going on for decades now. Um, but there will be performances of Betsy. It's its Kentucky premiere this Friday and Saturday at the Apple Shop Theater. So I want to go ahead before I describe it, and I don't think I do too bad of a job, but I'll let other folks talk to it that have been more involved. So I'd like the folks here to go ahead and introduce themselves and um, what your role is with Betsy, and then we'll dig in a little bit further. Who wants to go first? Um, well, my name is Caridad de la Luz, and uh, I'm a performer and a, a poet better known as La Bruja. Um, I've been working with Pregones for several years now, and uh, I was cast as Betsy in its last incarnation in 2015. Um, we did that right there in Times Square at the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater in the Broadway District. And, um, you know, they brought me in. I was the, the newcomer to the project, but I was able to uh, incorporate my spoken word, uh, some hip hop, and I was able to translate some of the music that was in Spanish. So I was also given the liberty to do some writing, which was exciting for me. Um, but I'm the newcomer to the whole project, and I'm just so honored to be here. It's my first time in Kentucky ever in my life. So to be here at Apple Shop and presenting this music, you know, that's in the play, Betsy, um, Ron Short, who is just an amazing musician and uh, and creator of, of so much of this music, um, to be able to work with Ron, you know, every single day for this project you know when when we did it in manhattan he couldn't be there um but now we've been able to come here and and work with the man himself which is amazing so it's it's my honor and my pleasure to be here playing the title role with the man ron short and to be here at apple shop with you know dudley cock and rosalba rolong the the two directors of the project and also meeting um i also my co-star lisa and you know she she's playing the spirit role, and so it's the three of us on the stage, Ron, Lisa, and I, and it's just an amazing experience. Can you go ahead before we finish the introductions? What's the premise of Betsy? Well, there's a Puerto Rican club owner who's uh, been brought up in the Latin jazz and hibaro music of Puerto Rico. She's been brought up in that world, and um, her mother passed away when she was a little girl. And she's visited by spirits that basically tell her that she's not just Puerto Rican, but she also is uh, Scots-Irish. She has Scots-Irish roots and, um, and she has, you know, family in Appalachia and the whole, um, that whole world that she's missed out on. The, the spirits come to tell her that that's really her identity and she has to, you know, she goes through this struggle to accept it. but. The music is what brings all the story to life and, and the, the union of the bond with her and, and her ancestry together. I personally am very, very excited about it. Um, and we'll hear even more about it as we go on in the show. Well, Sorry. Ron is here. Ron, I mean, yeah. you know, how, how does this feel for you? Uh, pretty, pretty strange. Put the mic to your mouth, Dan. Before, before 
before. I was just back watching you work. I had no idea I was being honored. So from sitting back there in the back, you know, just watching you girls work. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, um, I, I, um, I would never, I, I tell you, I would never have come out of retirement, quote, um, had had I never uh, had it not been to work with Polygonis. Um when I left Roadside Theater um, uh, several years ago, I thought I'll never get used to a civilian life. <laughs> you know, I I'll never adjust. It, this is too um, special. The work is too special. The you know, and um, I found out that there, there's a, there is a bigger life than just just Roadside. But the reason is is that I can carry with me uh, these friendships that I made with people over the, the many years uh, that I worked. So the best thing for me was the work was wonderful, but it was not nearly as wonderful as the people that I have met along the way. And Pregones, um some people might say, why Puerto Rican and why Appalachian? Because we're closer to being family than than most of the than with the rest of the country. You know, I, I feel closer to them in many ways than I do. Uh, you know. Kansas City or, or or Chicago or Cincinnati because we have the same kinds of uh, work ethics. We have the same sensibilities in terms of respect for family, respect for tradition, and music, 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 music. You know, uh, just wonderfully creative people. So I'm. It's very. It is very special for me. It's kind of bittersweet in a way because. This is my last go-round, whether Rosa Howard believes me or not. <laughs> she she keeps, as a member of the line from The Godfather, <laughs> actually keep pulling me back in. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it is great. And the other thing is, is I'll inter introduce Lisa. Um, it's, it's really great to bring um, my, my band, my retirement band, my... my uh, I tell people my band is really um, my membership at the golf club. You know, it's my sh it's my bass boat that I will never own. And so I put my interest in, and attention to the band. And, and Lisa is one of my band members from the Boston Playboys. So um, I'm very happy to have Lisa Davis here uh, in, a, in a new experience. And for her, because she's is a, is a veteran. Possum, but uh, she's not uh, done stage work and since she was in college, and um, so so Caddy Dowd is, is is no longer the the new kid on the block. We have a new kid on the block, and it's Lisa Davis. Right? Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say when when Caridad was speaking earlier that uh, I'm now the new one, and this is all so brand new to me. And um, of course, I've I've worked with Ron through the Possum Playboys and, and have had a blast doing that and was so honored when he asked me to be a part of this. And I'm, I'm going, Ron, I haven't been in a production. I've never been in a musical. You know, I it's a completely different animal to just kind of sing with a band versus having to act and, and all of this all together. Um, and he kept assuring me, I wouldn't have asked you to do this if I didn't think you could do it. You know, I have faith in you. You've got this. Um, this is my baby. I wouldn't let you ruin it. <laughs> so um, that's, that's, that's kind of in, inflated my head a bit. Um, but no, it, it gave me the confidence to come in here and feel like, okay, you know, I, I, I feel like I can maybe do this some justice. And um, this has just been 
awesome and and uh it's kind of funny in in this play um of course i play there there have been many generations of betsy's uh each generation from my understanding had an elizabeth uh or a betsy and so my characters are those generations of betsy's and so i'm coming to talk with caridad's character who is the uh, the present tense, I guess we would say Betsy, and um, it's it's been interesting playing her mother and grandmother and great great grandmother and <laughs> great 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 greats, all those greats in there, uh, and it's just it's been a blast. It's been a bit of a whirlwind already putting this together so quickly. Before we get to one of my best people in the world. Uh, and um, is I would mean, want to say carried out uh, not because carried out was so nice to me, but because uh, it's just an example. Some people see the theater world uh, is is cutthroat. I mean, New York is a cutthroat place. I mean, it's true. If you're trying to get work and you're trying to get roles, you know. Uh, but but uh, the thing about Tregones is they are a professional theater company. They they work all the time. They do quality production and. and um, you know, Rosaba, who is our director. Um, I trust her completely, but here's Caridad, who is um, um, in the Bronx, she's a star. In Puerto Rico, she is very well known. I mean, her records and, and her appearances. Um, so this is someone who has a certain amount of acclaim. But, you know, she comes and you think that her and Lisa have just known each other. They just immediately carried out. So giving and not, you know, is not trying to hide that is, is helping. You don't see that very often, you know. And I think Pelagonis is, is very special in that way that they've created something. Uh, it shows you can, you can make. It's like Apple Shop. It, it, there's a different way to look at the world and a different way to do things and still be successful. And uh, that's what Pelagonis uh, represents for me. And so that's my good friend, Rosaba Rolón, sitting over there. Um, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Gracias, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a such a pleasure to be in this station. But thank you, first of all, for inviting us, because um, I think the last time we did a program here was almost 15 years ago um, uh, at this station. Uh, we are celebrating 22 years of... Uh, collaboration with Rosa Theater, you know, of marriage between Rosa and Pregones. We have been flirting for a while, <laughs> and then we dated, and then we got married, and, and that was crowned by our first production together. But the way that it came about was that we were, they were doing a, a, some showcase uh, at one of the conventions in somewhere, and so were we. I didn't go, but uh, one of our co-directors came back all excited and I said, I, and he said to us, I just met our Appalachian counterpart. And I remember that Alvan said to me, I said, oh, okay, great. I said, we have got to figure out a way to, to, to talk to them more. And then Dudley, whom I didn't know then in the late 80s, um, early 90s, 
had, was just as excited about his sort of work, and so that's how it all began, you know. Uh, Rosad had been working with Jumbog um, Productions from New Orleans African American Theater Company, so they had created already something similar with another company. So our first try together was a m- mixed marriage of the three companies, and, and and an experiment that lasted like a good five years of development until and and a tour. Um, so we've done quite a few just 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 stuff. Um, uh, I asked about um, uh, Ra- Ralph Stanley before because in, in 2001 we did a project called Mountain to Mountain, and we brought um, Appalachian musicians to the Bronx and Mountain Puerto Rico Mountain musicians to the Bronx, and we had sh- we shared the stage for an, an entire evening, and it, it had been scheduled for September the the uh, 12th and of 2001 and September 11 happened and we almost thought should we cancel of course we were you know emotionally distraught and we said maybe what we need is precisely to be together with our community and people showed and it was an amazing experience and this radio station sh- um actually broadcast from the Bronx <laughs> and the whole thing. So we've been family for a long time, and I think it has to do with a, a, a commitment to, to excellence and to discovery. And we have our theater in the Bronx, and we have a theater in Manhattan. And uh, we had done Betsy in the Bronx, and we've done Betsy in Manhattan. We did Betsy in nine states. On, uh, oh, no, we did Promise of a Love Song in nine states on tour. And then Betsy um, on you know, first here as a concert uh, way back in 2008, nine. Mm-hmm. I want to also give credit to B.G. Adair, who co-composed the music with Ron, because she's such an amazing, important part of the history of the project, you know. But Ron here, his inspiration, this is the story of his family in many ways, of the women in his family, and 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 um, and our co-director Dudley Cock. I mean, so there's all of us together. There's such a team that it's hard to say it is this person or that person. You know, today we're looking at the some of the parts. So of course we all the old guard looking at this amazing young <laughs> new generation playing all these characters, and it's really exciting because no matter how much we think we know, uh, this is exactly the way it is. Once they start delivering, they bring in their own. They bring in what they bring in, and all of a sudden we're learning, relearning the script, relearning the, the the story, because we see a different gesture from the new generation, a different, a different beat as they walk on the stage, a different, you know. So, and of course the added bonus bonus of of seeing Caridad and Lisa and run together on stage, along with our band, the rest of our band, uh, this Mar Guevara mm. director and Waldo Chavez and Willie, and and. Um, and and percussion and, and bass, so it is really a good, good combination. But to me, the the frosting on uh, on the cake is to have someone from this region, from here, play this role. You know, and oh my God, what a delight it is to just watch Lisa and hear her sing. And each artist has contributed a lot, but it's just that extra, extra layer of. Um, authenticity that you bring to the project that we are in love with. So I'm grateful to 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 run, and it is a trusting environment. And we did not audition Lisa. We didn't have to. We trusted that 
run, just mm -hmm. like we did an audition, Caridad. We said, I've seen her year after year doing the work. I know her range. I don't have to audition her. And this is the kind of thing that we fall into these traps in, in New York and other main cities where even if you know an artist all your life, you still have to audition them. And um, I'd rather not. I'd rather say, you know, I've seen you uh, enough and, I, and I've trusted you enough to know that you would never bring someone into the project that is not a good fit. So we are so excited to be at Apple Shop. We adore Apple Shop. It is um, a shining example of what community uh, achievement is all about, you know, as a community. We're thrilled to have you all in the building and here. I, my office is right above the theater, so I hear it like starting this week, <laughs> and it's been the best thing ever this week. I'm like, yes, okay. I want this every day. It's, Working it's not on tapping your feet at the same time. <laughs> the same no, I love it. I love every bit of it. I'm wondering, Betsy, through all its different iterations, and so that means a lot of different audiences, what have some of the responses been from the audiences? Well, I, you know, at least in New York, it turned ev after every show, it would turn into uh, um, what is that DNA confessional uh, <laughs> or ancestry.com confessional in the lobby. I mean, everybody who had ever a doubt or knew something and wouldn't tell anyone decide, would decide to confess. Well, I have my, you know, my grandfather's wife is German and I never dared to ask. Where she kind of thought, you know, people were really either very excited about finding more about themselves or actually feeling sad that they didn't inquire enough or they hadn't inquired enough. So um, so that that is the fun part of the reaction in general has been so excited. That, it's exciting. That's why I can't wait to see what happens this weekend here. The, the, this, you know, the... Um, the story, this Lisa's right. We, we, if it was you know complete truth in advertising, the story would be Betsy's, because there are many Betsy's in the play. But there was a at the beginning there was a um, what do you call it when you have another title, a secondary title, and that was Betsy, a story of an American family. Um, it, I set out to write. My grand, my my first Betsy. This is the truth. This is the truth. The first one that I know. Now, before her, there was another Betsy that I didn't know. But the Betsy that I did know about is buried up here in the Cumberland Mountains. So, if people around here think, "What are we doing talking about the Bronx?" and this story started in the Cumberland Mountain between Kentucky and Virginia. My uh, great 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 grandma Betsy is um, buried up there, and she was buried without a marker. And all my life, I wondered why. There was always stories you'd hear they would never tell, and especially when the children were there in the room. So if you don't want children to know a story, start whispering. <laughs> they will listen really closely. <laughs> and so I started wondering about this, and I finally found out who she was, and I started looking. And I got, you know, it was also like that Ancestry.com thing. So at first I wanted, there was no marker for my, for my Grandma Betsy. And I found out why. She was not acceptable to her family or to proper society, which means that she was a working woman and struggled and had to raise family on her own and just did not have the best, you know, how it is when people make judgments of you, you know. And, but they didn't mark her grave, and that upset the hell out of me. 
This is my family. This is where we started. You have to honor that. I don't care. And they didn't mark her. And so I decided to make a marker for her. I was going to write this play as her marker. This was my grandma Betsy's marker. This was going to be for her. And then I got to playing around with this Ancestry.com thing, which everybody's been crazy with, you know. Everybody wanted to know, oh, my God, where, where am I from? And, and everybody dreading, absolutely dreading. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to get this thing back. You know, my, my grandma was African, or, you know, or, or Puerto Rican. Or, and, and so I decided, well, I'm just going to go the other way. I'm going to say, what happens when a Puerto Rican finds out she's a hillbilly? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? You know, you thought you had problems before, you know, and, and that's really where I want. And so, I said, well, we, the idea was to take this play in that direction. What happened was, because of Patagonis, we had a place to take the play. We had a place where they, I couldn't finish the play. I could only write so much of the play. I couldn't write this part. This part, this story that I didn't know, the story that we all don't know about each other. You know, see, we get to a certain point in our stories, and we think that's all. That's not all. That's not even the beginning. You know, this play got to a certain point in the story that I had to have them to finish the story. There's no way I could, you could possibly write that story any more than I could write what it's like to be Zuni or, you know, or, any, or on the moon. Uh, and the only way you're going to learn is is to listen to people from where they come from, who they are, and li- and listen closely enough that they will start to tell you the truth. When you start getting those truths shared across, like as I said, when you start sharing the truth across those cultural boundaries, those language boundaries, you know, those those um, race boundaries, um, and the heart. One of the hardest ones to get across is the economic boundaries. Poor people just don't get told about it in America. You know, we don't get our own story. Mm-hmm. And so um, so we just write our own. We make our own. We make our own plays. We make our own theater companies. And we can do this. And we have done it. You know, we've done it for 40 years. And, and that's not to say, you know, that you should pat us on the back, but we never would have brought, brought me into contact with her, with uh, uh, with Caridad. I never would have met her had we not had this. I never would have no Alvan, wonderful Alvan, who is 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 the second. Well, he's he's Rosella's partner in in Pregonis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvan started having trouble with his <laughs> thumbs, and he went to the doctor, and the doctor says, "With his pinky." His pinky, yeah, his pinky started going like this, and so he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Oh, you're Irish." <laughs> Alan thinks he's Puerto Rican. And he, oh, no, you're Irish. The only Irish get this. Only the Irish. And, and he comes home, and little Elvis says, well, what did the doctor say? What's wrong with you? Elvis said, what's wrong with me? I'm Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been, you, you, we began to learn all kinds of things. That's one of the stories of the thing. That's, so I got him a T-shirt that says, kiss me, I'm Irish, you know. But, <laughs> but we would never I want people to understand this play is about them here in this area it's i use I, I i i use my family name i wasn't i'm not ashamed of my family name and i use my family name and they may not speak to me uh, after this but they've never seen the place <laughs> but but i was saying to carry that now when you say that word in new york it's just a word in a play but when you say that name here there are going to be people who are who are those people and there's going to be family from those people mm-hmm. And so I want people here to understand that this play is about this place. 
these people, when you know about yourself, when you then that's when you begin to l learn about other people. That's when you can begin to listen to other people. When you're secure enough in your own sense of who you are, then you're you're you're, you're ready to listen. And, I, I want to actually uh, say that uh, last night Caridad came to me because she wrote a piece, you know, one of the spoken words part of the uh, towards the end of the play of the of this concert version and and for the play. And the line said, my blood is enough. And Caridad came last night and she said to me, you know what? I want to say our blood is enough. So we begin to think collectively the more we work together. Mm -hmm. So it's not only about my blood anymore only, but our blood. You know, I don't know. But yeah, what, may you, what may you get? Might, might, we, <laughs> might we coax Kylie Dodd into doing some spoken words? She is, she is so good um, and creative. Um, um, I mean, she really is. I, you, you understand, if you, you, you hear a poet live, uh, you know, a rhyming and, and doing lyrics, you understand. Um, you can understand clearly this is an American musical form that was born on the streets of the Bronx and it has that voice and that sound and then you have talented, truly talented people who are able to, to, to make this happen, you know. Um, and so she is one of those people. So Thank I would you. love for these folks around here to hear authentic Bronx Puerto Rican <laughs> rhyme. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Um, well, I, I can do a bilingual one. This is yeah, it's bilingual, and um, what's interesting is you know you're celebrating your grandmother, your great grandmother, your ancestry, and my career as a poet really began telling the stories about being Puerto Rican and honoring my grandmother and my great grandmother. It was my great grandmother that taught me how to recite poetry, even though she didn't know how to read or write. Um, she was the one that could recite, and she taught me from the age of three, four, and five how to recite poetry, and um, so it, it's it's. It, it makes all the sense in the world that we are doing this musical together and that we feel so united and, and, <clears throat> and open to explore. Um, uh, so this poem, it uh, goes a little like this. Um, By the light of the moon, dusty roads we would walk as coquis sang their song pulling strings in my heart. Guayabas, quenepas, bombas y plenas, drinking café, wearing chancletas, in the kitchen with abuela, hoping that times would get more better. I respect her for holding it down so long. Five kids, one crib, cocinando lechón. Taught us respect, la bendición, how to ask for perdón. Mama Don, you're right even when you're wrong. Cause I'm proud to be Boricua, Taina de la Isla Bonita, Africana, Gitana, Latina, de Manati es la Brujita. Abuelito, mami, tío, primo. My family, my people, the more days that I live, I realize we're all equal. <clears throat> so whatever you are into, whatever your belief, let me wave my flag without cause and beef. Cause while this world is busy fighting, I'm just looking for peace. Even if you ain't Boricua, can I call you my peeps? <laughs> yeah. 
That's an oldie but goodie. <laughs> Bilingual, Spanglish, you know, because, um, you know, we're New Yorkans, you know, Rosalba and I, we're New Yorkans. People don't know that there's this whole subculture of Puerto Ricanness, you know, in New York. So um, that's what we are. And we speak Spanglish. We mix the language. It continuously evolves. You know, uh, instead of Google me, I like to say Googleame. It's just, you know, <laughs> funny things like that and, you know. Right, like uh, elesting is is the steam, is the heater. We call it elesting. If if it's cold outside, you put on un jacket, okay, or un coat, or un suéter that was hangueando en el closet. I mean, you know, like we we we. we, we. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, Jose, can't you see? You know. <laughs> It's it's a beautiful fusion. And, you know, what excites me, too, is that, uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even think that Puerto Ricans have anything in common with Irish people. But the truth is that our history is is so, like, parallel. It, it just, it's amazing. It was an island. We're an island. You know, I, Irish, I, Ireland is an island. Puerto Rico is an island. They were colonized. We were colonized. You know, they had to, you know, go through a revolution in Puerto Rico as well. You know, we have a, a nationalist uh, revolutionary leader named Pedro Albizu Campos who learned a lot about how to conduct a revolution because of the history of Ireland. You know, so, you know, it, it, the, the connection is deep. It runs a lot deeper than we even know. And what I love, you know, it's this musical brings to light, you know, that connection and that question and that exploration. It's just yeah, awesome. And one of the reasons Alvin's little pinky twist <laughs> is because this is a very little known fact and it's just beginning to be explored. The first slaves, slaves, I'm not talking about indentured, I'm talking slaves that were brought to the islands were from Ireland. Uh, they were literally slaves bought and sold because they belonged to the king. They had too many of them. They, they basically sold them to the Spanish to work and found out that was a mistake, <laughs> that uh, they were just too stubborn, too hard to deal with, and they were not, and so, um, and so, but it's true, the first, the first slaves um, were Irish, and then, of course, they went to, to Africa, because Africa had a longer history of slavery, and they were a little bit more, uh, you know, the people had been slaves, and so, uh, believe it or not, that made things somewhat easier, of course, but, uh, but that Irish experiment, you know, brought about so many things, even even in that period of time, uh, and uh, and the first for the first product that was traded in America at Jamestown again is a little known fact. They traded African slaves for food. Portuguese did before they left and left slaves there. So, you know, that's whole history of slavery and people who have been slaves, enslaved. Uh, when you have been enslaved, you have a long memory. You don't forget stuff easy. You know, you don't just put it away, you know. It's a long memory because you don't want to go back there. You don't, you know, in any, in any way. And so that's, again, uh, that's another thing we have very much in common. But I think one of the important things, one of really, if you look at hard times, you see that, that when people respond with music, you know, that's a that's an overcoming in a way that uh, that's not just raising enough food. You gotta have enough food to eat. But if you don't have music, 
that food is not nearly so good, you know, that liquor is not nearly <laughs> as important. Uh, and, and, and you find that then, I find that the world's music, the real music, not, not this, I'm sorry, but not the stuff that's produced just for totally for consumption, but the music that's coming from the world comes from cultures that some would call subcultures. Some would call, you know, they are people who lived on the fringes. They are people who are like us in cooking. They're creative in cooking. You know, they get really creative. You find that the best food, the best food comes from when you mix cultures, when you have Creole cooking, when you have, you know, when you take these different things and uh, and mix them, when you mix peppers and beans and uh, you know, that we do when you take cornbread, whether it's tortillas or whether you got cornbread, you know, you mix all of this stuff and you start hearing and, and music, music. She says in one one line out of the play is music, music, music. Yes. It's music, music, music. On that note, I'd like to play a little clip from rehearsal today, just a few minutes. Oh, <laughs> I bet it better be good. Oh, my goodness. Rehearsal, it was a rehearsal. Yes, it was yes. rehearsal. <laughs> well, you know, your your mountain folk are called hillbillies, and our mountain folk are called hibaros. So hillbilly, hibaro is like you said. It sounds like the same word. It must have just, like, separated at some point, and it's the same thing. I think this is just from the very beginning of the of the play. Oh, oh. <laughs> here we go.
this club with your father's life, you will miss him. Take this. Here. Mountain women have always had to be tough, whether they're living in Pikeville or Puerto Rico. On August 11th and 12th, Roadside Theater and Pregones Theater from New York City via Puerto Rico will present a very special musical version of Betsy, a story of an American family. Shows begin at 8 p.m. in the Apple Shop Theater in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Filled with music from Appalachia and Puerto Rico, Betsy tells the story of tough mountain women tied together by blood and culture from Pine Mountain to the Bronx. Don't miss the only regional performance of Betsy, which has already had three acclaimed runs in New York City. Tickets are $8 at the door, $5 for seniors. Gonna bring old Ron Short out of mothballs for this one. All right. Woo! <laughs> oh my goodness. So how was that hearing? <laughs> that was it, it was a better take. It was not the take I, I thought I thought it was the one where I really meant no, but that was that was good. That you good choice there. That was good. Okay, I wanted to get a little and it was rehearsal for we'll my folks at home. I think the only bad thing about the recording is I had a handheld Zoom recorder so it was just from one angle. So anytime someone moved it was not as good as it sounded in-house, which is why you all should come out Friday and Saturday to see it for yourself. Yeah, there's nothing like live theater. There's live not. theater, I mean, the energy, it's, you know, it's undeniable. It's just, it's what it is in the moment, and it's never the same twice. You know, that's what I love about theater, too. And you get to hear Lisa Davies <laughs> sing a little bit in Spanish, or say a couple of things in Spanish, and jazz up. Uh, one of the most popular boleros, uh, Puerto Rican boleros in the history of music of 20th century, and she jazzes up that amazing. Well, do you want to? Do you want to no, try? No, no, try, no, no, come no. on, Lisa. <laughs> Are you sure you don't? I, 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 I think people, <laughs> people ought to know. Though, I don't know the words. <laughs> how important it is for them to understand that that you know, Lisa is a teacher. She teaches in the public schools, and. Um, you know, to have kids exposed to somebody who has this kind of experiences, who has something like this, you know, what, 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 I, I, the most, the thing I remember about my teacher most was that he had a pair of galoshes that he used to slip on that looked like slippers. Now, I would rather remember my teacher as somebody who could sing, uh, the and same. the sand on the <laughs> beach. How does it go, Lisa? Come on, Lisa. I can't remember all the words. This was one of those ones that they sprung on me. Um, this is one of the, the, the interesting things is, you know, as a newcomer, um, you know, the other folks here in the room, they've, they've done this before. So they sort of have a little bit of muscle memory, maybe, of, of songs and, and moves. And I'm coming from this totally fresh. 
Um, and so, yeah, that was one of those things that they sprung on me. It's like, oh, yeah, here's a new song. We're going to teach you that. Ah! You in know? Spanish. And, yeah, at first it was in Spanish, and I think I butchered that enough that they decided that they were going to translate it for me. Thank goodness. And um, so, yeah, and I didn't realize it was one of the most popular uh, songs. So I apologize to um, anyone that is familiar with this tune. When you come out on Friday, I will do my best, or Friday and Saturday. <laughs> This, this is the blue no, eyes crying in the How long has this current group of folks, this current cast and crew, been working together? Uh-huh. Two days. Yeah. <laughs> Two days. <laughs> what, what people don't realize is that it's a crash course oh. in theater. Like, really, we landed Monday. We went right into reading through the script. We rehear- We've been rehearsing every single day since we landed, and then we're gonna present it to a, a you know a, a closed group tomorrow, and then open to the public Friday and Saturday and we just started really rehearsing Monday and you know and we're still gonna bring something amazing to life and Lisa is, is definitely a good sport you know <laughs> I, I I had no idea that it was like your first musical like I oh, would yeah. I would never yeah. know oh, see well, look at that you. yes you. yeah um, I, I I've let's see this is my 10th year teaching high school and yeah so I figure if I survived high schoolers um, I'd give this a shot I think I can survive this and uh, I've taught art, and um, I just now have just started teaching just art over in, in Wise County. But I also taught theater. Um, I, I went to school for theater. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I took a theater appreciation class and caught the bug. And well, But my what I enjoyed I was still an artist so I would love to build the the scenery and design the scenery and paint the scenery and it was only when I started teaching theater that I really started to go oh wow I have to direct these kids now you know and so we were doing competitions and so I, I had to sort of build my my directing chops and to show them I had to sort of learn how to you know I had taken acting classes and been in a play or two but it wasn't my, you know, um, forte, I would say. So um, this, after having those, those sort of like, I guess, nine, nine or ten years of, of directing the kids, it's helped me to sort of think about what are things that I'm always telling the kids. And, you know, and it's, it's I almost have to prove myself, I feel like, now in a way. Like if any of my students come. Um, they'll be like, oh, you know, or she's a theater teacher and she's terrible on stage. You know, I don't want that to be something no. that they say. So I'm really trying to to find that that acting part um, that I never really developed. And um, I think it's sort of been stewing in the background. And I'm, this is awesome to be able to sort of have my acting debut, I would say. For this. I, I think then you're an absolute natural. No. And I guess those years of teaching, you know, it has all led up to this moment because now, you know, you're bringing something to life and you're doing an amazing job. You know, the the relationship that we have, you know, in the play, even though we've only rehearsed it for two days, you still feel the energy, you know, even in the rehearsal, like we're we're locking eyes, we're feeling it. We're like, yeah, like we're getting watery. It's like it just it's it's a zone. And we're and we just go in like with reckless abandon. We're 
are just going and we right. throw ourselves in there yeah. and you know and and you know we're still learning the music i mean my my forte is definitely not harmonies but i'm going to do my best i'm going to you know i'm going to try so like that vulnerability also you know s- says a lot you know well that and that was a lot of the the bonding and that that's what ron had touched on you know i i was intimidated you know to come in with these people who have been doing this and and caridad is this you know sort of larger than life figure even though she's teeny tiny and <laughs> And for her to say to me, you know, hey, I'm not so great at harmonies. I was like, oh, shoo, okay, you know, this is okay. She's a real person, and you know, you, you, it's, it's really hard sometimes. You sort of get that starstruck, and and you're like, oh my goodness, I am so out of my element right now. But she's made it so comfortable, and and let me just sort of, you know, we're 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 jamming. Yeah, we're, we're jamming. jamming. We're, we're having jamming. a blast. Oh, here rolls all and, and and I, and I think that just so that 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 people know that there are like two so so this is what people are gonna see is the concert version of the actual play of the actual musical so the, it has the best of both so it you know we used to have stage to play with a full full out scenery and costumes some more musicians and another actor I mean we've done it um, as theater this is uh, a, a a script that was created as a concert version for the play. So that means that we are telling the story in concert format. We will be telling the story sometimes a spoken word, sometimes um, and that direct contact with the audience, sometimes among the actors themselves and some, uh, you know, but there will be basically uh, the arc of the songs from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, linked by the story itself in storytelling format so that and it's funny as hell to uh, you know it's just sometimes these are just plain funny because this <laughs> young woman had no idea who these people are and she says so at, the, at some point like who they are these people you know they are coming into my dreams and my life and and so it is about taking the essence of the play and turn it into a concert and that is why um it's important that we have that combination where someone is strong in theater, another person is strong in poetry, another person strong in the music, and the, you know, and that combination is that's what's explosive in this, in this particular piece. And we got some great musicians. These guys are young guys, but well, Waldo's old. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us a little more about the musicians. I hope he's not listening. Well, well, <laughs> as well, I've known Waldo. Oh, he was he was one of the first people. Uh, he's he met Lee Sexton, and now now he's in because of that he's a legend in some places uh, Waldo is because he knows Lee Sexton um, but they are these guys are young I don't think anybody understands how dedicated uh, Puerto Rico is to keeping the music alive you know they came out of um, of a country that respects the music and encourages young people they even have schools that pull you know uh, uh, people who show talent and put them train them with masters Put them to work, training with masters. And these guys are just some of the best music. I mean, in there, you know, New York City is, is a big place. I mean, and there's so much talent, so much. But these guys have been holding their own now for many years. You know, they play in bands, they play in clubs, they play, but they also do this, but while they're tours, um, they all, they're just such great musicians. I mean, truly great musicians. Uh, and, uh, I think people need to come just just to hear the band. I mean, this is a 
wonderful band plays all kinds of rhythms, different kinds of things, and uh, uh, that's it was you know they used to, as they say that's worth it. Yeah, and a band that's trained in Pass theater the too, which is the which is the great yeah, combination. Not all musicians, I mean, they can right. learn, but but right. not everyone is trained to be on the stage with actors and hold their own as musicians yeah. within yeah. that context. My and friend BG, yeah. like you said, has like been in BG, Nashville exactly. for for fifty years, and she's about the best. You know, but she said to me after this, go around with us. You people crazy. Y'all don't eat. You don't take breaks. You work all day long. No, this is, you know, but she loved doing it. But it was so different. It was just so different for her. It was just too hard to adjust, you know. But these guys, they can they go here and they play. They go play. play they, they go to Connecticut and play. And, and then they come and play. They put it on it. And that's, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, Anyway, I see you got one of the, the blue ones. I, I do, I do. Well, we're about out of time now, so what I thought is that we would round it out with one of Caridad's tracks I have for which it stands. Okay, pulled great. up here. I don't know if you wanted to. Well, first, thank you all for being here, yeah. and for all of those listening, the uh, performances are Friday and Saturday night at eight p.m. Is that right? Mm -hmm. In the Apple yeah. Shop Theater, so downtown Whitesburg, Kentucky, ninety-one. Madison Avenue. Doors open at 7.30. So get here a little bit early if you want. Get your seats. Um, you will not... Uh, I just completely lost my words. You I was, I was just thinking it, about... You won't regret it. Yeah. You will love it. I was like in between. I sat in there today and I just got more and more excited. I was like, I think I'll go Friday and Saturday and try to sneak into the closed group on Thursday too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, awesome. Caridad, if you could. So, um, so La Bruja in Spanish, uh, it means the witch. And my parents got married on Halloween, so it kind of started there. Um, you know, but when you are a, a vocal woman, you're strong and in, in your beliefs and, you know, people consider you kind of witchy. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, my real name, Caridad de la Luz, means charity of the light. I call myself the witch, so I'm charity, the witch of the light. And my mother's maiden name is Pagan, which is pagan, so I'm actually charity of the pagan light, if you want to get deep like that. <laughs> um, but this is basically a hip-hop song. Um, it's the title track to my album, For Which It Stands. Uh, my two albums are on Spotify, Brujalicious and For Which It Stands, and this is the title track to For Which It Stands, just talking about my my whole story and and all of it is true all right without further thank ado thank you so much for having here it us is. it's been a pleasure una pregunta por qué la bruja por qué la bruja my name's la bruja which it stands por qué la bruja por qué la bruja i'm making magic with the mic in my hand por qué la bruja por qué la bruja my magic wand is a pen understand por qué la bruja my name's la bruja a little girl with big dreams down these streets so mean she believed that her destiny meant she succeed and even though the odds seemed they were stacked up against her few people could see what she had in her center her mental capacity was exposed to tragedy surviving the insanity as strong as she had to be her crew and family believed in her too underground is where she grew boogie down sound view where teachers wouldn't recognize her as a real writer but deep down inside her a magical fire burned and devoured the negative around her the voice from inside her was louder than the doubters so she remained empowered blossomed like a flower stood tall as a tower amongst ponies and cowards that all would give a pound at the witching hour cause she wouldn't give up and now she couldn't be prouder
wanted her fame when she earned the name. They wanted the bling, she just wanted the same. They wanted things, selling out for their dreams. She wanted peace and love for human beings. They wanted something they could pump in the truck. She wanted something that was honest from the gut. And they wanted something that the kids would repeat. She wanted something to instill some belief. Said she couldn't cut it, said that she was too deep. And all that consciousness would put people to sleep. Some dreams were shot down as they tried to deceive her. She had plans for big things, but they wouldn't believe her. They told her that they doubted if she would ever achieve it. Now those very same people couldn't be any sweeter. It wasn't easy either, but if you're a true believer, you could be or inspire a future world leader. Don't ask me again what the name meant. Porque la... 